Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's after dark action. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, the eve of Super Bowl week here in the Valley in Arizona. And, you know, Bo, we opted not to do a Friday show. You were coming back from the Senior Bowl, great coverage mm-hmm. in Mobile. And we said, why don't we hedge our bet a little bit and see if we get <laughs> some nuggets this weekend? Well, 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 here we are on a Sunday night. We appreciate all of you hopping on. And, boy, do we have a truckload of news and information pertaining to what else? The Arizona Cardinals head coaching search. That's right. The uh, Last of Us is premiering on HBO as we speak, and I think we're down to the last of the candidates for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. I think so, right? I mean, it really feels like this. Uh, They've started to weed some out, some big news from Mike Silver, news that you and I forecasted from the very jump. We weren't buying it. Our audience wasn't buying it. I think it's a big sigh of relief for the Arizona Cardinals fan base on the heels of moving off of Cliff Kingsbury and not going with the internal candidate in Vance Joseph. We wish the best to Vance Joseph. We'll get more into that in, in what Mike Silver is reporting as far as that situation goes. But, Johnny, it, it really legitimately looks like it's down to Brian Flores. Finally got that second interview request, and it sounds like it's going to happen on Wednesday, according to Ian Rappaport in the NFL Network. And then you got Lou Amaruno, the defensive coordinator. We finally figured out how to pronounce his last name correctly. The Bengals, D.C. And then you got Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, kind of the new guy to the to the to the, I guess, candidates as of last week. And now he's going to get a second interview. And, you know, a lot of people really like him. Not this show in particular. I think that you probably rank them. I think you and I probably have them third as far as the short list goes. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the van stuff quickly off the top. Because yeah. there was some, I don't know, <laughs> some sparring back on the Twitter streets over the weekend where, you know, I put out this kind of, I was trying to theorize, what are the Cardinals doing? Because we got word, of course, that Lou and that Mike were going to interview <laughs> next week. And Lou's interview is fucking Friday, which is nuts, mm. by the way. Like, we were talking about this off air. What are the Cardinals doing? What is Lou Anarumo doing? Like, do the interview early, please. Can we can we try to get some traction on this? Why are you waiting to the last business day of Super Bowl week to do your whatever, how long, 30-minute Zoom session? But that's neither here or there. So we got the information with both those guys. 
And I'm like, man, doesn't it feel like Michael Bidwell is pulling some strings behind the scenes saying like, hey, guys, I really would love for you both to consider Vance Joseph as a part of your defensive staff and in de facto some of the remaining coaches because they're still clocking in and clocking out, Bull Brock. Like their key cards work still uh, over at the Tempe <laughs> facility. They were extended, we found out, through VJ's end of the oppressor last spring with everybody else. And so, yes, Cliff Kingsbury had been fired, Bo, but everybody else is still hanging out at the Cardinals facility, seeing if they're going to have opportunities to coach this team for a new head coach next fall. And it, it just it started to feel like, and it still does to some extent, depending on the hire, will Michael Bidwell try to meddle? We saw it once upon a time, Clancy Pendergast stuck with Ken Wisenhunt for a year, then got fired. I think it was two years after the Super Bowl. And then, of course, we talked about Ray Horton with Bruce Arians. That dilemma was, uh, you know, publicized where Kime had to step in and there was an altercation. And there's just, this is kind of Michael Bidwell's MO. It's like, I know he respects Vance Joseph, but I think it's it's a sigh of relief for a lot of people that at least they know at the end of the day, this kind of dog and pony show that we were hearing about at the end of the year, like co-GM Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson, head coach Vance Joseph, that's dead and buried. That's not happening. Vance Joseph will not be the head coach of this team this fall. And we'll have to just wait to see whether or not he's on somebody's staff. Yeah, there wasn't enough proof of performance to move forward with really anybody from the old regime. There just wasn't. I mean, you can you can pat VJ on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, you were the the better of the two sides of the football, but you know, it wasn't good enough. You go four and thirteen, you have you give up, you know, some of the one of the have one of the worst performances defensively, regardless. It's just not that we didn't see enough development from our top picks. And you're you're part of the regime that won one game at home in front of the hometown fans yep. uh, in, in over a calendar year. It's just not getting it done. So uh, we're going to look for a new, a new, get some fresh eyes on this from top to bottom. And I think that with some of the moves and some of the news that uh, kind of came out today, it was also on the heels of some, you know, the Panthers getting Navarro and locking him as their next defensive coordinator. The Cardinals realizing, hey, there are still jobs that we need to figure out outside of the head coach position and we have to be competitive so you know even if Albright is correct in that they want to hold out for Gannon you know narrowing things down and starting to let people know you know where they stand is probably the right move yeah we we had a tweet from Benjamin Albright kind of trying to piece some things together yesterday basically saying it does seem ironic that they're waiting for somebody um because he had come on our show Bo well feels like flipping forever ago. Doesn't that feel like a month ago we had Benjamin Albright on, but he came on and said that they were going to talk to John Gannon. They put a request in and then he had come out and clarified that that hadn't happened yet due to scheduling. Eagles keep winning. So I I do think there's an outside chance. Maybe they touch base with Gannon, but man, if you're talking to John Gannon this late in the process, like you got to be convinced he is a heavy, heavy hitter and has a shot at this job because they have vetted these three other candidates thoroughly, especially somebody like Brian Flores, who Monty Austin Ford has had a relationship with for a long time. I mean, to bring him back, I've got our interview tracker. I mean, I think he had an interview uh, in late January. So it's it's been a hot minute for Brian Flores, yeah. whereas Brian Callahan and Aaron Glenn have both been told by the Cardinals, thank you for, for interviewing. You will not be moving forward into the final interview process. We got a little bit of misinformation because Josina Anderson said the Cardinals were going to try to connect again with Aaron Glenn. Maybe they did, and and uh, obviously that's not going to work out. Callahan was, I think, a name a lot of people were excited about in Cincinnati. He's not moving on. So let's talk about the three final candidates right now. We've got Flores. We've got Kafka 
who I think, again, 35 years old, somebody that, in my opinion, uh, this can sound ignorant, I, I think has benefited a lot from Brian Dable and Andy Reid and Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Cliff Kingsbury, once upon a time, benefited from Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. That, that's right. not my preference, but I'm willing to give him a shot if they hire him. And then, of course, Lou Anarumo, who I think, of all these coaches, had the best coaching job for a unit in 2022, kick-ass defensive coordinator for the Bengals, 20 points per game. So um, they all have their their benefits. We are of the mindset on this show that Brian Flores is the right fit for the Cardinals at the right time. That doesn't mean he's the best coach 10 years from now. There's no way of knowing. But to see the, the similarities and the parallels of the Miami situation he had, which mm-hmm. a lot of people thought unsalvageable, bad roster, blow it up, blah, 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 loaded AFC East to what the Cardinals have right now, which is a lot of eyeballs on them for the wrong reasons. I just, it feels like to me, this has all been leading to Brian Flores this entire time. And we got validation of that. Now I'm not going to sit here and say, I was confident Flores was going to be the coach this morning because until you secure that second interview and it's made public, we got to assume you're out of it. Well, maybe it's felt like this whole time he's had a lifeline to Osford saying, okay, you know, we'll circle back when we have our final candidates, you'll be in the mix but we're ready to, to put those interviews together. Hopefully that's yeah, what's happened. It, it feels like Flores was confident, and he's a very confident guy. I mean, if yeah. you've ever heard him talk in a press conference, and he, he felt like he was, uh, you know, with the, the ill-timed uh, or just ill-ever-texted uh, messages from his his old head coach, Bill Belichick, he, you know, he felt like he had a, a line on the Giants job before Brian yeah. Dable got it. Um, and then he felt like he probably had a, a line on the Houston job. He's very confident in his ability to coach up a, a team. And if you just look at the results from Miami, I think you you could find that, right? And, and you love what you've heard from him and what he's done in his single season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. May, th- it seems like there has been a line of communication between the Cardinals and, and Flores to where he's remained confident and you haven't heard panic from either side because Flores, his is uh, as far as people wanting him, he's interviewing with the Denver Broncos for the defensive coordinator position on Tuesday before he meets with the Cardinals reportedly on Wednesday. It's like the Arizona Cardinals always had that ace up their sleeve. They always had the ability to trump anybody that was coming after Flores because they were going to offer the gig that he wants to be a head coach again after he was, you know, unceremoniously let go by the Miami Dolphins after relationships soured between him and Tua and him and the general manager in the front office there. Uh, But look, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a guy that won double-digit games. He had the team at nine and eight, the exact same record that Mike McDaniel was praised. Uh, unbelievable, like right? uh, unbelievably high praise for Mike McDaniel. But the way that the chips fell and the AFC, they snuck into the playoffs, and Brian Flores' team did not. He's a good coach, and you know now it's like you hope that he's going to be the guy. I hope that he's the guy that the Arizona Cardinals tab at the end of this unbelievably long, drawn-out coaching shirts. And again, this this show is going to feel like we're dogging on Mike Kafka left and right. It's just it yeah. just so happens like Bo and I just agree on the fact that we feel like this is not the best fit for this Cardinal team. But that again, that does not mean if they hire him, we're not going to be excited about the prospects of him taking on Kyler Murray and running with it. I just feel like if you hire Mike Kafka, you've got to be convinced he's I, I, this is lofty expectations, but a Sean McVay s kind of coach because the Cardinals situation is such a mess right now on and off the field, a 35-year-old one-year offensive coordinator for a guy who's been under uh, elite head coaches, Brian Dable and Andy Reid, that's a red flag for me. 
that like I, I would say Mike Kafka had the charger job opened up like you're a better fit for that job. Mike Kafka to come in and clean up Arizona's mess while Kyler Murray's off doing rehab and the situation with the roster is not ideal and you may not have K1 for the first half of the year. You need experience. You need immense experience. And I just feel like either Lou Amaruno Anarumo, or mm-hmm. Brian Flores has that experience to come in and, and help immediately. I, I would be concerned. I would, I would have to see it to believe it that Mike Kafka with minimal adversity in his coaching career with, I don't want to say a silver spoon in his mouth, but he's been very fortunate. I mean, like the Flores situation, Flores that was a head coach that won double digit games was fired and then mm-hmm. had to sit out and then taken a linebacker job. Right. Yeah. Lou Amaruno is Arians esque in the sense he's in his late fifties and just now has a shot to crack as a head coach. I mean, like Kafka to me, there's just too, too many similarities with cliff in terms of the, the optics, it, not their backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Cliff was not an NFL head coach or an NFL offensive coordinator, I should say. And I, I would argue Kafka's had better tutelage while in the NFL. But yeah. everything else just screams to me like this is too soon. No one, yeah. no one else outside of I think Indy is is even considering Kafka for the job. And I would look at Indy very similar to Arizona. It's like teams in flux, teams with quarterback issues. Like I again, I think Mike Kafka is a good coach. I think he's got a good future. I just do not think he's the right fit for this team today. Not today, right now. Let's let's talk about the other candidate too, and everybody killing it in the chat. By the way, two hundred forty plus people here on a uh, PHNX Cardinals after dark. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts, and of course, subscribe to PHNX underscore Sports here on YouTube. Uh, I see Charlie just you know saying it, talking about Anna Rumo, and you know you had some interesting you know thoughts or just details on his past and who he'd coach with. What is the recent news about Vance Joseph? Because you kind of connected some dots between the 2016 Miami Dolphins coaching staff, Lou Anarumo, and a couple guys who were already in the building with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it was our guy, DJ White, who, who DM me. And I theorized that I thought even if they go with the, not maybe not the Flores route, but like Callahan, if you'd been in the mix, and then Lou Anarumo, I thought there was a chance that Vance would get to stay as a coordinator, kind of the default guy, and give it a year. And if he, you know, because Vance is run a 3-4 and a 4-3, if he migrates and makes a change and things are going well, you keep him around. I thought that was a possibility. I, I feel s- stronger about it now, yeah. knowing that if you go look up the 2016 Miami Dolphins team, Vance Joseph, I believe, was the defensive coordinator. Guess who his defensive back coach was? It was Lou. Guess who their, I believe their linebacker coach was. Oh, I don't know. Current Cardinal defensive line coach, Matt Burke. So there are, there are some similarities here. Cause I know I was texting with a couple of buddies of mine, all who cover the Cardinals. And they were like, would Lou even fit with Vance Joseph and vice versa? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you, you'd find something for him. And it's like, Oh shit. These guys coached together in 2016. They have a relationship. Like I, I, I was of the mindset and I still am especially with Kafka, that Michael mm. Bidwell, will it will be his preference that they keep Vance Joseph on as defensive coordinator. I think yeah. that would be a horrific mistake, um, more so with, with Kafka, because Kafka, again, it would be too similar to the dueling head coaches with Cliff Kingsbury, right? You've got this lingering ex-coach that was yeah. with the old regime and this green 35-year-old hotshot offensive coordinator, whereas like, Lose defense is going to be lose defense, right? And Vance better fall in line. Otherwise, they could fire him after a year. 
But Flores, to me, is the ultimate wild card. I didn't anticipate hearing this news today. I thought that that was basically dead and buried. I thought Aaron Glenn had his spot, frankly, based on what we were hearing. But um, at the end of the day, like, the Cardinals are, are taking their time, and that's great for the head coach. But, but it's like we've been saying for three weeks now, these coordinator jobs with these premium candidates who are not getting these head coaching jobs, it's a trickle-down effect. You're going to lose those. It's like the NFL draft, right? Yeah. It's like all these guys have first-round grades. And then who falls to the second round and then becomes an offensive or defensive coordinator? That's what's happening right now. And if the Cardinals wait, you're going to be staring at some day three draft picks. Sure, you can get lucky and hit on somebody, but it's not the premium. I mean, look what the Broncos are doing. They get Sean Payton. They're trying to make Brian Flores their defensive coordinator. Like, uh, that's that's where the Cardinals should be shooting. Yeah, they should. And, you know, unfortunately, just the, the pace that they worked at and, and the sense of urgency that, you know, it might have been there for a couple of the top tier candidates that they missed out on, you know, maybe the Ryans, even though they never locked in an interview, but it seemed like he was just destined for Houston due to his ties there, playing in that organization, his wife uh, growing up in Houston or being from Houston. It just didn't seem like they they had a realistic chance. And then Sean Payton, you know, I we, we can debate whether you want to or not. If, if he played the Cardinals like a fiddle, like Peyton Manning did a couple of years ago, I, I don't know. But, you know, the Arizona Cardinals had their sights on, on higher tier candidates. They, they feel like they had, you know, Flores in their back pocket the entire time because of the ties to Monty and because they had yeah. that ability to, you know, even if he gets a DC offer from the, the Broncos, I, I would still imagine he wants to ultimately wait to see if he wants to get the head gig. Yeah, I mean, of course. the money is not it, it's it would be competitive, but it's not it's not head coaching money. It's not, and it's not the opportunity that he wants. He could he could have been a DC after the Dolphins fired him last year, but he decided to go work on the staff with with Mike Tomlin and and Austin Terrell there, and and, and to kind of learn a new philosophy uh, that's just as successful as the Patriots have been, you know, since the inception of the NFL. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that the Arizona Cardinals are in a, in a pretty decent spot, regardless of, of when Flores' interview is in Denver and, and when his interview is with the Cardinals on Wednesday. We've got so much good content we want to continue to get to, but we want to remind everybody, of course, Super Bowl 57 is this week. Guess what? It's here in the Valley. It's the hottest place to be with regard to all the premium sporting events. Kevin Durant could become a Phoenix Sun this week. Please, God, let it happen. <laughs> the, the waste management is this week. Of course, Super Bowl 57. All of it is featured heavily on the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Super Bowl 57, your place to be is DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Get this. New customers can bet a mere $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 back in free bets instantly if they do. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See those show notes for details. I guess I'm going to give my DraftKings pick of the week this week. Um, I don't think I can get future odds for Kevin Durant just yet. And our mm. our uh, our odds for future head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, I know a lot of you jumped on that early, got a little action on Brian Flores when it was like plus 600, plus 900. God bless you. But right now, I'm going to do Eagles, Moneyline, Super Bowl champs as my DraftKings pick of the week. Down goes Kansas City. Down goes Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, I'm I'm a big fan. Coach Gabagool getting it done with uh, <laughs> Hassan Reddick and company. Hassan Reddick, let's do one better. Is my defense? Excuse me, my MVP of Super Bowl Fifty Seven on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
Unbelievable. If Arizona sports fans are they're Michael Scott. They're ready to be hurt again with, yeah. with KD news on the heels of we Kyrie going it. to Dallas. Man, do I hope that that just is it just collapses that <laughs> Kyrie and Luca. Uh, sure I would love to see that just a complete dumpster fire from the very jump. I'd love it. Uh, but another thing I love, I, we've got some friends in town. They're from out of town, and they're learning just everything about Four Peaks because our yeah. fridges are stocked. They said, what do you want to drink? Well, all you got is all the Four Peaks in my fridge, and they're finding out how delicious Kilt Lifter is, the wet joy, wheat, wow, uh, unbelievable. You've got some sun brew there, something for everyone. You can find it at Four Peaks. You're looking for a place uh, to watch some Suns basketball this week. You're looking forward to watching the Super Bowl. Why not check out Four Peaks, 8th Street and Tempe? The OG location doesn't get better than that. They got the new beers as well. Recreational juice, that dank IPA. They got mm. the new beer as well. Staycation, super juicy IPA. Doesn't get better than Four Peaks. PHNX Tea Party was presented by Four Peaks. We team up with them on loads of events. Can't wait to team up with them again. Another banger of events coming in the new year in 2023, just after the Super Bowl wraps up, and we officially bid adieu the 2022-2023 NFL season. But you can never have to bid adieu to delicious beer, great atmosphere, and great food at Four Peaks. Check them out. Check them out, fourpeaks.com. Check them out for yourself. Got to be 21 years or older to dabble in the beer but you don't have to to enjoy the food and atmosphere. Our guy, Jonathan, with the $2 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Jonathan. If we bring on Flores as head coach, who would be his OC? And I think that's a great question. Uh, it was brought up by our own Howard Balzer, kind of throwing some water on, on our guy, Brian Flores, rightfully so, saying, you know, the staff is key. And the staff is key. Because I think Steve Wilkes, we've seen, can be a good head coach if given the right circumstances, was doomed by his staff in 2018. Among other things, right? Quarterback play. Steve Kime. So uh, I'll pose it to you, Bo Brock. Like if Brian Flores gets this job, is there a name that makes sense within the realm of possibility that he could add as the offensive coordinator? Yeah. I mean, I've seen, uh, was it Nick Cayley who interviewed with the offensive coordinator position in Houston for D'Amico Ryans. Um, he's a guy that was the tight ends coach for the new England Patriots recently started on that staff. Uh, I mean, it's, it's connecting the dots, right? You've got the Patriot ties, with Flores and Monty Austinfort. Uh, obviously, you kind of cringe a little bit when you hear Patriots offense and how poorly that went this past season. But it was run by Matt Patricia, right? But how come Kaylee never really got a true op opportunity there? I see Joe Lombardi. I, that makes me cringe as well. Uh, but you, you've got a couple different op options, uh, you know, from Flores' tenure in Miami. Um, so, you know, it's it's it just kind of depends on – what they want to do. They want to get some fresh eyes. They want to kind of get an up and comer. They want to get more of an established guy. Um, you've got a couple different options that you can go with, with Flores. I'm not that big of a, I'm not that concerned really. I mean, if you do let a guy like Kafka go back to the giants, I don't think that you're missing out on this like innovate offensive innovator. Uh, yeah. Greg Roman would be a veteran guy that, you know, I don't know if you necessarily want to put Kyler in that situation that, you know, Lamar Jackson and Colin Kaepernick used to play under with, with Roman in San Francisco. Might be too physical of a game for him, but he could certainly tailor that. If you went with Kaylee, probably be like 12 personnel. Uh, you'd probably have to figure out another tight end in the meantime uh, for when Zach Ertz comes back, but you got Trey McBride. So uh, that'd be interesting. I mean, it's going to be a new look. It's all to, At the end of the day, 
no matter what direction they go, it's going to be a completely different look from what you saw under Cliff Kingsbury in the last four years. And that probably is pretty refreshing to Arizona Cardinals fans' ears. Uh, Jalen Blair is correct. I just saw this as well. Nick Cayley is the new offensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams, joining Sean McVay. That just broke within the hour, Bo Brock. Holy hell. We talked about that um, earlier today. It's not happening with Nick, at least with Brian Flores. Um, again, just an option. Uh, and he would have had to come to the Cardinals with options as to who would be his O.C. So the Cardinals know who his O.C. would be. We do not. Uh, I'm going to throw another name at, at you. I don't want you to to hang up the, the old Zoom session, the old StreamYard session when I throw well, this Well, I out. mean, I just I just suggested the, the guy that just got a job. <laughs> well, you didn't know that, though. And he, he, listen, if he's good enough for Sean McVay, then shit. Um, how would you feel about, given his relationships within the franchise, taking a shot at Byron Leftwich? And again, before you freak out, all these guys that have been spurned by other teams, I just want the Cardinals to just rally around guys with chips on their shoulder. Like, everybody thinks the Cardinals are a joke right now. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks Kyler's a joke. Flores obviously was spurned by Miami. Leftwich a little bit was spurned by Brady and, and company. Like anybody connected to Bruce Arians, Tom was like, no thanks. And I think I think Leftwich a little bit was the fall guy. Did he do a great job this year? No. But like I, I think Byron could come in here. You play a little bit with house money. He's got a relationship with A-Dub. He was up for head coaching jobs for, for, for God's sakes last year in Jacksonville. They offered him the job. I know people aren't, don't love Byron but I would at least interview him and see what he could do concept wise. Uh, And then of course, like if Greg Roman wanted to come here, you pay him a bunch of money. I think that'd be a great fit as well. So there are, there are a bunch of, of answers that would intrigue me. When you, when you think of Byron Leftwich's offenses, like, what do you think of? Like what, what kind of concepts What kind of like, what is his strength? Cause I, I really just don't know. I mean, I know that he had, you know, some solid personnel there. Obviously he had the goat Tom Brady running his offenses and that's pretty easy to be successful there. Uh, but you know where did where when they when they weren't have the best games like what did they fall back on because I yeah I, and I didn't necessarily see that when he was and I know he was a first time play caller when he took over the reins from Mike McCoy and he was limited as far as his personnel here in Arizona I just I I just don't know I don't think he's that dynamic of a play caller I know he's he's a football guy he loved you, you can always think of the icon, iconic you know, memory of him getting, couldn't even walk and his, his two offensive linemen right. were carrying him down the Martin. field or whatever. And, and he's a gamer and he's probably forgot more football than we've ever, we even know. But I, I just don't think he's, we've seen enough to know that he's, he's not there yet as a play caller. Hell, but something tells me Brady clearly did not feel like he could continue on and did not play good football this year. I, I don't know. I feel like he gets he gets a bad rap. He's my first choice. No, but like, are the Cardinals going to get their first choice as offensive coordinator? Now, come on. Now, would you rather yeah. have Byron Leftwich, who's he's at least called plays for a team with Tom Brady and company, and he, and he had tutelage under Bruce Arians. He's got experience. Whereas like Joe Blow, tight end coach from wherever, working under Matt Patricia. Like, you can sell me on a lot of different things. And here's what I will also say, Bo. I think that the premium candidates to run defenses are about zil. And I think by this time next week, if they don't have a head coach, there'll be nothing available. Whereas I think if you hire Flores or Lou, the defense you would assume is being fixed, obviously internally by your head coach. The offense, you could get creative with a coordinator to come in. And I I get it. Everybody's like, well, we got to get the coordinator right to fix Kyler. And that's true. But I mean, like Mike Kafka alone cannot be the reason why he's brought in because of his offensive prowess to be with Kyler Murray. You just did that with Cliff Kingsbury. You need to be convinced 
above all else, that this is the right leader of men for a 53-man locker room. Cliff Kingsbury probably will go on and have a nice career as an OC or quarterback coach, but was he the right leader of men when this team could not finish seasons, when this team was embarrassed in the NFC West, when this team couldn't win a home game? Like That goes beyond just X's and O's, like I'm an offensive or defensive guy. And that's where I, I think why we're so bullish on Flores. It's like his ownership tried to sabotage him and have him tank. And he's like, I'm going to win five of nine with a terrible team. I'm going to win 10 games and nine games with a team that is far less talented than it is now with Mike McDaniel or even the Arizona Cardinals this past year. So um, I just, we got to look, we got to get over this. Is he an offensive guy or is he a defensive guy? Who's the best leader for this, for this team that I would argue out of all these teams desperately needs leadership. They had no, they had just a bunch of specialists this year. With all due respect to Cliff and Vance, it was just like this guy does the offense, this guy does the deep. But who do we look to? That's why we always talk about it. That clip of Michael Bidwell on Hard Knocks when he was like sidestepping Cliff Kingsbury, like, "Hey guys, when your owner has to come down and call people out on their bullshit, cutting corners, that's what your right. head coach does." And they didn't have that last year. Well, shit, they had the guy that they just told today, or, or at some point, Vance Joseph, that he's not getting the job. He was doing that. He said, "Hey." At this point, what you're playing for is, is putting your best tape forward. You, they're going to see if you're taking plays off. So don't do it in the next meaningless two games that we've got. Uh, and at least a tip of cap to, to him because you didn't hear it from the top guy. And, you know, I see Anarumo, uh, Agent 47, saying Anarumo over Flores. It's just I, I've seen Flores. I mean, Anarumo's 57. It, it's a complete, you know, his defenses, what he did – more with less in Cincinnati and didn't get enough credit for their recent success. I completely agree with it, but I have, you know, I'm a little skeptical that he's going to just be able to kind of jumpstart an organization at at 57. Yeah. Is he a Fangio or is he a BA? And and I think there are a lot more Fangios in NFL history for guys getting a job at 57. than there are Bruce Arians is who who can kind of hit the ground running and say, Hey, this is something I've been, I've been, you know, robbed of up until I'm nearly 60 and I'm going to take advantage of it. I, I think he would he'd be a decent ch- choice, but we've seen it with Flores. He's a young guy. It's somebody that you can build uh, a foundation with and, and take this team into the future and, and think very long-term with. B.A., we've talked about it, but he's the exception, right? Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't get the head job. I had Chuck Pagano not fallen ill and then he's like, "Hey guys, let me show you what I can do." Yeah, oh, he's probably not out. getting interviews. That that I'm an elite ass coaching cursor, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the exception. Um, most guys who are approaching 60 years old, uh, who have never been a head coach before, are not going to get that opportunity, um, right or wrong, right? And you look at it. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. Like he was coaching Purdue defensive backs a couple of years ago, like in 2011 to 2014 or whatever it was. He has been fantastic. I've seen people within the AFC North kind of forums and, and Twitter streets saying, please God, get him out of the AFC North. He's a tremendous defensive coordinator. If he was available, he would be courted by every team that has an opening. People will probably fire their DC just to go after him. So if he gets this job, you know, for certain kind of like Robert Sala, a little bit with the jets, like that's getting done. The defense mm-hmm. is going to be top shelf. So you can feel really good about that, but yeah. can he take it a step further and say, okay, can I put together an offensive staff? And I think, if, if, if you're making a point that, Johnny, I want the guy who can put together the best staff, it, it might be him. If he just goes, and it sounds like, Bo, what I've heard, 
he would try to raid the Bengals offensive staff, look to their quarterback coach to be their next offensive coordinator. Like there's a better chance that Lou is going to be able to come in and put together a staff with a bunch of people doing it at a high level, whether it's Cincinnati or otherwise, whereas there are legitimate question marks about Flores and especially Kafka that they have enough context, especially Kafka that he he's been able to cultivate a staff, um, especially on the defensive side that is not going to look like trash. Like, yeah. That's why I just feel like, like, who who is who is Kafka going to go out and hire as his defensive coordinator, according to Michael Bidwell, that has a better resume than Vance Joseph, L- more experience, a longer tenure. I just that's that's going to be an incredibly tough conversation, a tough sell. Whereas Lou, I feel like he would at least be able to put a staff together, and he would probably hoard a lot of the people having success in Cincinnati. It's it's great points, especially when you look at the two defensive-minded guys left in this conversation and where I think that they distance themselves from Kafka and their experience does that as well. I just I think at this point you you have to you have to bring in more experienced football minds than Kafka, and if you feel like you're missing out on on a rising star early, you know that that's you don't have that luxury anymore. You you took that swing four years ago with Cliff Kingsbury and you missed um, ultimately you missed. So uh, you, you know, if, if like I saw somebody bring, bring up Isaiah Simmons, it's like, you've got two first round picks on your roster still that the Arizona Cardinals, like they're going to have to make a decision on Simmons and his fifth year option this off season. Like what do you, can you definitively say like, that's a guy that we want to pick his option up and move forward with. I would, I think so at this point, I think I've seen enough, but you haven't seen his best football by any stretch. I mean, he has Does Mike Kafka know what to do with no, Isaiah Simmons. That's what that's my point. I mean, I think that's where you know Lou Amaruno and and Brian Flores can can really help this immediately. roster. Yeah, immediately, immediately have a, a plan for Zayvon Collins or Isaiah Simmons. You know, either let's let's just take take the chance, Monty, and and flip them and, and get some assets or. You know, I this these guys have been underutilized. Let's let's get these guys on the right path. I think that yeah, I see Mike in there. Gannon, yeah, I mean he would be an opportunity. Here's what I'll say though: I've seen it a couple of times in the, in the chats. Like we want Kafka as OC, and we want Flores as DC or Anarumo as DC. It's like if if Lou Amaruno doesn't get this job as a head coach, he's not going to leave his job in Cincinnati. And like Flores is probably going to go take a defensive coordinator job elsewhere. He's not going to take the consolation prize to head coach with the organization that was the only team that was interviewing for it as their DC. I would, I would assume that he would probably, if he doesn't get this gig in Denver fills, he would just go back to Pittsburgh another year. It wouldn't be the worst thing for him. Um, we got pick and spread. So we love man. This Kafka slander is crazy, man. I think it's hard for us to not come across anti Kafka and not think like if, if Flores could bring in Kafka as an offensive coordinator, I think we'd all applaud that be fantastic. It, but mm-hmm. I think it's not, is Kafka a good coach? It's, is Kafka ready to be a head coach? I would argue no, not based on his inexperience. And you have to look at the, the, the situation at hand. The Cardinals' job is not like everybody else's job. And to Bo's point, like you just tried this with Cliff Kingsbury. You've used your one, you know, hot shot offensive coordinator, you know, buy-in with Kyler Murray. You've tried that. You failed. Right, it was a it was a failure. At the end of the day, Cliff Kingsbury was fired after four years. Kafka could be the next Sean McVay, but he could also, as somebody pointed out, he could be Matt Nagy. I mean, let's let's go through the the hierarchy of Andy Reid assistants outside of Doug Peterson, who had multiple cups of coffee in the NFL, and he had gray hair, and he had 
immense experience. <laughs> All these young hotshots under Andy Reid, they get fired, right? I mean, it's, it's low-key kind of Belichick-esque kind of tree where these guys go and they underwhelm. And Nagy made the playoffs twice in Chicago, more than Cliff Kingsbury. Nagy, to me, needs to show that he can do it over a, a prolonged period of time. And I'll credit him. He, got, he went from quarterback coach and pass game coordinator with Patrick Mahomes. Who does that sound like? Okay, I'm going to go with Brian Dable. I'm going to try to fix Danny Dimes. But again, how much of that was Brian Dable? Because I look at Buffalo's offense this year, and it's not the same offense without Brian Dable. Brian Dable's an offensive guy. It's, again, people who are saying, well, Leftwich is trash. It was all Bruce Arians. Well, then you just made my point about Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka, to me, would need to go somewhere like Lou, right, and just own an offense and have the head coach, like if he went to, to the Chargers, right, if Mike Kafka had just taken that job mm-hmm. and worked with Justin Herbert and Herbert threw 45 touchdowns or he went to someplace where it wasn't an offensive head coach. And again, fair or not, that's how I'm looking at this because I just I feel like at the end of the day, it is an immense risk for Michael Bidwell to go back to a well that so parallels Cliff Kingsbury with this fan base that is on the edge. I, I just I don't think you can afford to go that route. And if and if he becomes a superstar head coach, I mean I don't I don't think too many fans are going to hold it against you that you didn't pick him because he just wasn't the right coach for you at this time. He he could be you know the the next Sean McVay, which is is very small chance of that happening, or he could be the next what was it John the. Fi- the, uh, what was his name? Defibrillio or whatever. Remember, yeah. he was like a hot yeah. head coach candidate, and then he was he was out of the league. You know, the next season he was fired after one season, I think, as as the OC in in Minnesota. So you know, it's you get caught up in in these guys being tabbed the next offensive mind, but it's like it's it's too far removed from Andy Reid from uh, not having the opportunity to be the full time game planner and play caller in New York where it's just like, yeah, he took Danny dimes from a below average quarterback to maybe average, you know, he, I mean, he wasn't that great. I mean, he, he showed that he could, he could compete at the NFL level, but still far, far away from being a top 10 quarterback that he was tabbed in the same draft as, as Kyler Murray. I mean, you would be betting again, putting all your eggs in. We need a couple Kyler Murray with this up and coming offensive guru and you could be probably fewer years from it took Cliff to say, hey, we made a mistake. We gotta we make we gotta switch. I, I just think to your point, the leader of men thing is more important at this this point, especially with how things have changed as far as it becomes a collaboration. And it sounds yeah. like that's kind of what Monty Osport wants. He wants a more of a collaboration, no ego, and and them to you know, everybody to work in unison for the common goal. And I think you can do that. The, the guy that can do that best is is a Mike Flores or a Brian Flores, or potentially we'll see with Lou Amaruno. But I think as far as this list goes, not it's not a shitting on Mike Kafka completely. No. I just think compared to the the candidates, I like the other two more. Yeah, and again, everybody's calling me out in the chat because they're they're pointing out Sean McDermott and, and, and John Harbaugh worked under Andy Reid. But I mean, I'm talking offensive guys uh, and Sean McDermott. I mean, he could get fired next year in Buffalo because he's not an offensive guy. And, and John Harbaugh is part of football family royalty. But I'm, I'm talking mostly about the offensive guys. Um, but those are good points. Jason Krell with the Super Chat. $1.99. What's up, guys? Coming in late. No problem. We welcome everybody here. 295 You guys are unbelievable. Uh, Lou or Flores? So Jason's already putting a stiff arm to Mike Kafka. If you're, if you're asking us, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'll let Bo answer. 
Uh, it's, it's Brian Flores. It's always been Brian Flores. I put out a list back in November. Brian Flores was in that top five of coaches that I wanted this team to go out and get. And that included Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, and D'Amico Ryan. And we know that those three are not an option for whatever reason. Number four on that list was Brian Flores because I just I feel like in this moment of time, he is the perfect fit for this franchise that needs a complete house cleaning, that needs an ass kicker, that that feels like you could have confidence. Like, do you have confidence Mike Kafka could go toe-to-toe with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll? I do not. But I have confidence that Brian Flores – could ugly the shit up like he did with Bill Belichick and Sean McDermott in the AFC East. Go look at his record against the AFC East in those two years. They won nine and ten games like that. You Michael Bidwell was adamant, Bo. You got to you got to draft and develop and play to to win the NFC West. I think Brian Flores, out of any of these guys, gives you the best chance to compete immediately, to, no matter the talent in the NFC West. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think the biggest thing with Flores was what were his thoughts on Kyler Murray? Does he feel like he wants to work with Kyler Murray? Does he see that Kyler Murray can get back on track or does he feel similarly as he did with Tua? Because if it's, if it's the latter, you say, okay, well, thanks for coming, Brian. You know, uh, we're, we're going to talk to some other candidates and that's probably not the direction we want to go. Like you have mm-hmm. to be able to work in concert with Kyler Murray, that's our biggest asset. That's where most of our money is tied up. That's what where when we were successful recently, he was the one that got us there. We want to get back to that. And, you know, I think that that, that question's been answered and vetted, and you have to feel pretty comfortable with that. Um, and then also, I've said this before, I think that a guy like Flores, not going back to New England and Foxborough where he was comfortable and he made his rise to the ranks under Bill Belichick, and going to Pittsburgh and learning kind of some new some new tricks of the trade under just as successful head coach as, as Mike Tomlin, uh, a guy who's never finished under 500, and Flores was so instrumental in helping out that run yeah. defense, helping a young quarterback and Kenny Pickett. Like, you heard all the right things that you needed to hear from Coach Flo uh, in, a, in just a single year's time uh, to make you feel more comfortable with the reports that of why things went south in South Beach with the Dolphins and why he was ultimately fired. So uh, I just think that he's going to give the Cardinals the best chance to to kind of find their way out of this. And I, I like his ability to match wits with these other coaches in the NFC West. I, I think that he did it well with Belichick and in, in the AFC East uh, and the other coaches there. But um, I, I like for it. I, I really do. I think I would take him. I give the edge over Lou just because Lou – you mentioned that 2016 staff not too long ago. He wasn't the DC there. That was that was VJ. He, he was mm-hmm. he wasn't even the main defensive coordinator. So he hasn't had a lot of. He's been an old. He's an old grizzled football guy. But has he been the guy? Uh, can you trust him to be the head coach, the leader of the entire team? I don't know. It sounds like cliche. It has to be about winning and winning games, and. We Brian Flores has won games in this league as a head coach with subpar rosters. This is not, you know, Brandon Staley with a loaded Charger roster and Justin Herbert. This is this is Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of his career when his arm was falling off and a clearly compromised Tua that he did not want to play, <clears throat> and Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker. That was his team, and he's yeah. winning double digit games in the AFC East. Name me one dominant edge rusher that they had. They had a good safety. They traded him to fucking the Steelers, right? <laughs> like their their team was just a bunch of waiver wire guys, a bunch of mid rounders, 
And, and, the, and the front office was trying to sabotage this guy. And he goes out, everybody's saying that 2019 Dolphins team, go look at the roster. And everybody's like, man, they're going to go 1-15 this year. And Brian Flores is like, the fuck we are. We're going to win five of nine at the end of the year. And everybody was pissed. They're like, Brian, what are you doing? And they get Tua anyway. And it turns out Tua is just a guy. And Brian Flores knew that. And he's like, you know what? I feel like we can kick some ass this year and win 10 games. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be our quarterback. And so it's just, do you want to win games or not? This guy won games with a subpar roster and bad quarterback play. You're looking at a 2023 Cardinal team that's not going to have Kyler Murray to start the year. And everybody's freaking out because D-Hop may be gone. And you got a bunch of top draft picks that are underperforming. Mike Kafka going to fix that for you? Or is it this guy who went toe-to-toe with Bill Belichick, the one of the few that has come from his coaching tree that has put it together and won? No wonder he's pissed at the NFL. He's suing the NFL. He's like, guys, I'm winning games. I see these other coaches. Arthur Smith in Atlanta, that guy can't coach. He's in a make or break, but he gets chance after chance after chance. I, to me, it's just at the end of the day, I, I I feel like Kafka in a different time would be a good mm-hmm. fit. Kyler Murray's healthy and the offense is humming and, and Cliff, they had a falling out. You plug in Kafka. That would work. Like this, this team needs more than an offensive guy. This team needs more than a de- it, They need a leader. They need somebody who can come in and clean this up. And everybody's like, what about Kyler? How is he going to respond to him? Kyler's taking shots every other day on on social media and national media. I, I would think Kyler Murray, if he has any self-awareness, which I believe he does, is going to want to fall in line. And I want to get two guys with huge chips on their shoulder, somebody who's suing the NFL and the other guy who probably right now is wishing he could come out guns a-blazing in September and just say, hey, you guys don't think we're worth a shit here in Arizona? Let's light yeah. it up in 2023. And that's what you you would get with Brian Flores. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for maybe kind of retooling what my living room, my bedroom, my dining room looks like with more furniture. The Arizona Cardinals, they're going to have a new coaching staff pretty much coming in. Tempe, Glendale to Arizona, and they're going to need some new furniture. They need to check out the best option for that. I'm talking about more furniture. It's unbelievable. Find the best stuff for your pad and do it at a great price. They got their President's Day sale coming up in less than a week. You're going to want to get into that. You can save buku bucks on this. Go pimp out your kid's room or your dining room, your wherever you're, you're hanging out, watching TV. You need some new uh, couches in there, some chairs. Well, more furniture is going to do it for you. MORfurniture.com. Save yourself some money. Also, you can get out there to their 44th Street location, hang out, look at what they have. You can get the white glove delivery. You can tell them where and where you want your new furniture to be placed. And you don't have, you're not going to sound like needy or anything. They're going to do exactly what you want. They're going to get your living room, dining room, bedrooms set up just how you want it with that white glove delivery. Check them out. Morefurniture.com. We're needy, boys. I'm needy for Underdog Fantasy. You guys have heard of Underdog Fantasy. I'm going to tell you about it right now. It is your premier daily fantasy option. I've got the app open right now. I'm going through the plethora of options ahead of Super Bowl 57. Now is the perfect time. Shit, man, we might get Kevin Durant to bet on Underdog Fantasy as a member of the Phoenix Sun on the regs. I want the higher in Kevin Durant point total come the playoffs, baby, and I can only get that with my friends at Underdog Fantasy ahead of the big game. Why are you looking at fantasy sports anywhere else? Again, ahead of Super Bowl 57, bet on the NBA. Draft six NBA players, no positional limits. 
You know what? You, you empty the clip for Kevin Durant, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, DA. I'm going to go all day. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on Underdog Fantasy. I promise you, I'm going to invest a premium if they get that done. But in the meantime, I'm dabbling on Underdog Fantasy, and you should too. It's so easy to get started. All you got to do, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with promo code, you guessed it, PHNX. Get this, Underdog Fantasy is going to double your first deposit up to $100. Boop, put in $100, you get out of Hundy, $25, $50, $75, whatever is your preference, up to $100. You're going to see a deposit match right now on Underdog Fantasy, but you got to use promo code PHNX. Tell them Bo and Johnny sent you ahead of the big game. We're going to be out, Bo, on a radio row beginning tomorrow. You're going to be there with the GM, Saul Bookman. I'll be there Tuesday the rest of the week with with you guys. Are we going to get a chance to sit down with Monty Austin for it? Do you think he's going to make the Super Bowl radio row kind of? I would doubt it. If they don't. If they don't hire a coach, I don't think that uh, it would be a good look for him to be out there schmoozing it up with all the radio shows around the nation. Uh, I might be wrong. I, I do know I've, I heard a couple names, uh, big names, tied to the Arizona Cardinals organization that will be out there and will be joining us on PHNX Cardinals later in the week. I can't wait for that. Already booking some big-time guests because that's what Radio Row is all about, and we're going to be there. Our friends, All our friends from the All-City crew are going to be there CHGO, DNVR, those dirty dogs who stole our head coach and trying to steal our head coach. Uh, they're going to be out there. We're going to we're gonna make amends or we're going to give them swirlies in the bathroom. We won't. I have not made any men. <laughs> we're going to push them in some lockers because they're jerks. Um, but it's going to be a blast. You got to check out the full coverage. We're going to have like more content than just the live shows. So look for that. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel. Uh, get those alerts. Anytime we drop a video, you're going to want to see it. And Johnny keeps on bringing it as Suns fans ready to be heard again. Uh, you're going to want alerts for a PHNX Suns crew. They're killing it. They'll give you I, all I, the breaking news as it, as it happens. I texted Saul Bookman and, and the GM and, and uh, Mr. Espo running Suns, and I, I was just like, you guys should just be live uh, 24 hours. Uh, Sun, PHNX Suns, the amount of news that was coming out on the Phoenix Suns this afternoon between like not getting Kyrie and then saying they were in on Kyrie and then saying that Chris Paul was going to go back in the deal and that Durant is pushing for a deal to, to Phoenix. I mean, just it was like when, at the end of the season when the Cardinals were, were moving fast and furious. I want to get to the super check because I'm not sure if we did. Jason Krell, our guy. $1.99. Thank you so much, Jason. Get Flores. Draft the trenches on both sides of the ball. Brian Flores, will Anderson do anything for you, Bo Brock? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You get the uh, huge edge rusher out of Bama, or you get the Jalen Carter. I, I mean, can't go wrong there, but you go true trenches, you get the Carter, and then maybe you come back and you get a John Michael Schmitz, right, out of Minnesota. Uh, played in the senior bowl. And then later in the draft, you get yourself like a Cody mock. Uh, I, I love it. Let, let's just rebuild those, those, you know, the, the offensive line and, and the defensive front seven. I'm here for it. And having Flores and whoever he picks for his coaching staff to handle that in Monty Austin Fort hall in the 2023 draft. Somebody texted me today and they were like, I I'm a Kafka fan, but I will fully admit that if Vance Joseph stays because of Kafka and we have to talk ourselves into Dennis Gardeck playing over Will Anderson, I'm oh, going to punch God. a wall. And I, I, that's, <laughs> that's the reality that you're facing. I mean, is this, what kind of baggage does Mike Kafka come? Does he come with a little VJ baggage? Can I interest you in some Marcus Golden over Will Anderson? 
friends and family. Uh, that's not a, a reality I want to be staring at uh, next September. Uh, you know who would play Will Anderson? Uh, Lou Anarumo or Brian Flores. So uh, Vance Joseph, I, I would say his tenure with the team is not up. But, I mean, Mike Silver comes out with a couple banger tweets. I want to get to him because we haven't had a chance to yet. Basically saying, like, the Cardinals are have not basically fired Vance Joseph. But, like, teams, he said, are interested in, in hiring the ex-Arizona Cardinal uh, or current Arizona Cardinal DC. If the Cardinals' new head coach decides not to keep Joseph, he could be, quote, out in the cold. Joseph remains under contract and thus unable to pursue pr- pursue DC jobs elsewhere. Um, and sources say, according to, to Valley sports, according to Mike silver, where he works, there's been a lot of interest um, interest for what, where are the requests, I, I'm not sure. where are the requests then those would be coming out. Like we saw with, with our guy Avero who bailed on Sean Payton and company and they let yeah. him go become the new DC in Carolina. Um, I don't know. I, I would say um, again, this is, this is, this is concerning. If you're trying to get Vance out of the building, if for those of you who don't want to see Vance Joseph coordinate this defense next year, not the player or the person, but the the, the coordinator that we're, we're trying to separate ourselves from, um, then I would say Mike Kafka should not be your choice for this head coach, at least in the short term. Mike Kafka, I think there's a good chance, would would be paired with Vance Joseph. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, again... Yeah. I, I could be surprised. You could go and get somebody from the Giants. Like Wink, Wink Martindale might get the, the 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 Indianapolis Colts job. He'd be he'd be stealing people from that staff. You think they'd go with Kafka or they'd go with Wink? I, I'm not sure, but I mean yeah. that just that that has to terrify you if you're a Cardinal fan that that wants change. Again, we're not knocking Vance Joseph the person, but the defense was awful last year. They yeah. they gave up I think the most points per game in the NFL, certainly the most yards per game. They have not been good in about 18 months. So him coming back with guys that we talked about, Simmons and and Zayvon Collins. I mean, the Cardinals just need new new people everywhere. And, you know, lo and behold, they hired a new GM and an, and an assistant GM. So that would tell you, hopefully, that they're going to do the same with the head coach and that he's going to part ways with Vance Joseph. Yeah, it, it's uh, both the GM and AGM have, you know, over 40 years experience in the NFL, uh, both Monty Austin Fort and Dave Sears. So that that's exciting. I mean, they, they have relationships as does Brian Flores and, you know, so does Lou Amaruno. So uh, Mike Kafka, I'm sure has some relationships, but you know, are they ones that have are decades strong in the NFL? I, I just don't, I, I just don't think so. That's, that's why I'm skeptical as far as his ability, a couple house cleaning things, you know, Buda Baker participated yeah. in the pro bowl today, but more importantly on Friday, DeAndre Hopkins met with Monty Austin Fort. They had their reported sit-down meeting about his future. Now we haven't heard what that uh, actually was and, and what they decided. Um, but you know, we, we've said and we've maintained, you know, it could be something mutually beneficial for D Hop to go elsewhere and the Arizona Cardinals get some draft capital in return. And Nuke can go compete, you know, at age 31 next season, and they, maybe they can free up some cap space along the way as well. Or they keep an elite wide receiver one. It'd be interesting to see uh, and hear what comes out of that from that meeting on Friday. Yeah, you don't just give away DeAndre Hopkins. Um, right. You would have to get something tangible. And I would say if I'm Monty Austin Ford, hey, DeAndre, we're going to explore something. And if we get a, a, a package worthy, we'll entertain it. But we're not going to do the the Amari Cooper fifth round salary dump. This team while they're, you know, they're not strapped for cash by any means, you can absorb DeAndre Hopkins' salary at least for another year. 
uh, and get people excited about this team in the fall with number 10 suiting up. Who's going to be their quarterback? Who's going to be their head coach? We don't know, but we'll have clarity. Uh, and I, I would assume that all three of these head coaches coming back for interviews, Bo, have uh, an impression that they could be without number 10 this fall, and they're okay with it. They give me the draft capital. Give me the increased amount of cap space, uh, and, we'll, and we'll make it work, especially the defensive guys. It always feels like the defensive guys, they, they feel strongly about their side of the ball, and, and they'll be able to invest the picks you know, as they need. And I, a lot of people might look at it as a blank canvas. You don't know. Yeah, you don't. And, you know, sometimes it's a luxury to have a player that caliber and, and you look at his age and his salary and sure, he might have designed a cap for Arizona, but that that isn't just sealing his fate uh, and locking him in to, to retire in Arizona Cardinals just because he, I mean, he was designing plates as well on, on uh, hard knocks. Remember that he had finger paint yeah. plates. Does that mean, I mean, he's locked in for the rest of, with a cactus. Is that mean he's locked in for his entire career? I just, I don't think so. So uh, it's going to come down to, you know, does it make sense for, for both sides? He's got that no trade clause so he can, he can stop whatever they want to try to do. So really is going to be interesting to see what came out of that. Uh, and it's going to be one of those storylines that we're going to follow closely right here on PHNX Cardinals the rest of the week, Super Bowl week. It's going to be a hot topic as well as this head coaching, uh, the three candidates, it seems like, that we're down to unless a guy like Gannon does get back into the conversation post-Super Bowl. But as it stands right now, Kafka getting the second interview. You've got, uh, looks like Glenn's out of this thing. You've got Flores on Wednesday after going to Denver on Tuesday. And then you've got Lou Amaruno, don't call me Armadillo, on Friday to wrap up Super Bowl week and head into the big game on Sunday. Nothing beats all city coverage of the Super Bowl, specifically PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. The podcast will be live every single day from Radio Row beginning manana with my guy, Bo Brock and Saul Bookman. I'll be there the rest of the week. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We just crossed 9,000 subscribers on the YouTube platform. We appreciate you all. We're coming off our biggest month to date in January, and that's because of all of you. Leave a like on this video. Most importantly, subscribe to the PHNX Cardinal podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're ready. Breaking news hits. We're on it. We own the offseason, as do all of you. Everybody, thanks so much for hanging out on a Sunday night. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh.